Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, a very special episode of the British Esports Esports Podcast. Because we're here with, I'm going to read this because I don't want to get it wrong. BAFTA-nominated actress, the Game Awards winner for 2021 of Best Performance, and all-around fantastic person in general. It's Maggie Robertson, everyone. Thank you. I'm just going to stroke this line. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? It's fantastic to meet you. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, how have you found insomnia so far? It's a blast. I am jet lagged and in a right state, but I'm happy to be here and everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> a right state. I feel like that's, that's a very northern thing to say. I'm in a right state. I like right. that a lot. Yeah. I like that. Brilliant. You like that one. Yeah, I do. I very yeah. much appreciate that one. So... We're on the podcast today to talk about all things your career, basically, and how you got started. Uh, for anyone out there who is quite interested in the voice acting, acting in general, sees you and thinks, oh, I'd quite like to do that. So to start us off with, how did you get started then as an actress and a, and a voice actor? Oh, um, well, I was acting for a good while. I got my start in theater. So that's what my training is in. I went to, I got a theater degree in college. Which is, I guess, relatively useless. You don't have to, but I did. And, um, and then promptly after college, I moved back home and got a real person job. Nice. And then was like, oh, wait, why am I so miserable? Oh, is it because I'm not doing anything that sparks joy? And so then I um, started getting involved in the Washington, D.C. regional theater scene, which is actually quite thriving and wonderful. And then just kind of felt like I needed to level up my game and decided to go back to grad school and went to grad school at Lambda. So did that, studied Shakespeare, did the whole thing. And then I moved to L.A. And uh, in 2019, I moved to L.A. right after grad school and I booked Resident Evil a few months after I moved here. So that's my start. Damn, Very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is ironic because a lot of people are asking me, oh, how do you get into voice acting and my or acting? And my story is so is not the norm. So I don't really have a path for them to emulate, but truly nobody has a path that you can emulate because one a mentor one time said this to me and it really stuck with me. Once somebody has walked down a path, the path is closed. So you can hear about how they did it, but you can never walk down their same path. Mm. You have to walk down your own. You'll never be able to retrace their exact same steps. So that's how I got started. Nice. What a way to get started, <laughs> coming in with a bang. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> wow. So how did the role of Lady D come about with Capcom? The role of Lady D came about with Capcom, meaning they, they had it come about and then they hired me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what was wonderful about Capcom is that they had a pretty clear idea, I think, of, of who she was. Um, I remember, I think, the first day of set, when we were shooting, I was able to see an image of what she looked like and what I loved about their design and their creation is that, LOL, I'm just like a broken record, but I'm gonna say it again because I do think it's applicable and I'm also a nerd and I feel like these are, we're in the right space. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> amazing. So I was watching the Star Wars documentary based on the Mandalorian of how they filmed the series and one of the directors, I think Bryce Dallas Howard, she talked about how George Lucas is known for creating um, silhouettes, character silhouettes, so that even if you see his characters from far away, you know who it is because each of them is so physically distinctive and they have such a unique carriage of their body or their equipment or they're wearing something very unique that you know who they are. I feel that Capcom has done the same thing with Lady D. The second you see the image, even before she opens her mouth, she is 
oozing character. Mm. It's dripping out of her. So the second I saw their character image that they created, I immediately had 10,000 ideas. And then the language within the writing felt very Shakespearean. It was very heightened. She felt also just visually very dramatic and heightened. And so it just gave me a lot of fodder to play with. It really is an exchange. So it's not like one person came in and was like, this is the character, or I came in as the actor and this is the character. It really was an exchange and a communication between these two artistic sides of, of the video game puzzle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you touched on it a little bit there in the, in the answer to that question. Obviously, the, the performance behind it is very Shakespearean-esque. Uh, and Brian made that aware to me in a conversation the other day, and it totally, now, now it's been said, it makes perfect sense. You can totally see it. How do you prepare for a role like that then? What kind of preparation goes into uh, the kind of bit before then you go in the booth and record the, or in your case, go out and, and do it as well as speak it? Yeah, I had a bit more time to prep for the performance capture, but what's so funny about voiceover is that oftentimes you see the lines right then and there. Mm. That's the first time you're seeing them. So it is about preparation is about just continuous training on how you can remain flexible and versatile and working on your improvisation skills so that you can switch on a dime on, and are able to take direction. Um, so then the booth, that's really the preparation that you're doing. And that's not immediate prep, that's like a long-term prep that you're just doing throughout your career to remain a really flexible and directable actor. In the volume for the cinematic scenes, I did have time to prep. I had the lines. I was able to look at the script and think about the character. And what was Shakespearean about her is I really felt like she used language as a weapon, mm. just another tool in her toolbox, toolbox of how she can inflict damage and pain onto the people around her. And so really investigating how I can use that language and really play and extend it to the furthest realms of possibility to maximize the effect that my words have. And that's very Shakespearean and very connected to sound as well, because even with Shakespeare, you know, we today don't speak in the same way. So we might not intellectually understand every word that's being said to us, but the way he plays with sound and manipulates sound and rhythm and uses consonants and vowels, heart happens on the vowel, emotions happen on the vowel. Um, so the way he utilizes that in his language can convey a sense of meaning that we are physically understanding and relating to and intuiting things about, even if we're not intellectually understanding every single word. So it was a lot of that play with Lady D as well. Her consonants are weapons. So I really tried to, you know, hit people with them when she really lays in and she's furious it is, it becomes, and this is, I also played with, um, it's a technique called Laban technique, but it, anyway, principles of motion and how I, that can play in. So when she's furious and she needs to be angry, she is slashing, she is punching, she is doing a lot of really quick, direct, strong things or indirect, strong, whatever. Um, but she can also be dangerous and seductive, and that's when things get drawn out and become a little bit more legato, and she can lure you into a false sense of security before she comes in. Rah! Nice. <laughs> so it was really fun for me. It really tied into a lot of the training and a lot of how you can manipulate language and, and have a physical effect with language that tied into my Shakespeare training. So that was really 
fun and part of what initially drew me to the character. When I auditioned for the role, I didn't know what I was auditioning for. That was the other fun bit. Um, this is very typical with video games. You're under, they're under NDA. They don't want anything leaked out. So everything that I had, none of it said Resident Evil. So I had no clue. But what attracted me to the sides, even though they were not at all in the game, was that even in the sides, this character felt very Shakespearean. She, said she felt very larger than life and very dramatic. So there was a sense of play that I could have with her that felt very familiar. It was just a nice little sidestep from what I had been doing. So even though I was new and fresh to LA and new and fresh to voiceover and to new and fresh to performance capture, I actually felt very well equipped to handle all of these new things because my training kind of directly linked in and was a direct tie-in of like, oh great, I actually know how to do this. I might not have had the technical words, but I understand what I need to do as an actor to get me to where you need me to be as the director. So that was all very neat. Yeah. Perfect. That was a long answer to your question. <laughs> That's more than fine. Yeah. yeah so. Right. <laughs> um, so I know I'm very curious and I know a lot of people are very curious, but what was performance capture like? Oh, it was a blast and so weird. It was the weirdest blast of all time. It is super fun because I feel like when you are in the volume doing motion capture, the volume is what we call the space where you shoot performance capture and mocap. Um, but it's a big open space. You have nothing to rely on outside of your own body and your own imagination. So it really ties into the root of why I think every actor became an actor, which is the sense of play. It goes right back to childhood when you're just a kid in a forest and you're going on pirate adventures and doing your own thing. I was an only child, so I was very much living in my imagination throughout my entire childhood. Um, so it's very nice to step back into that sense of play and just be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, we're in a desert and there's a big storm coming and the, the sand is blowing into my eyeballs and it's hard and it's painful. And so you're just like flipping on a dime. It's super fun. The weirdness comes where you are dressed in a funny suit and it is skin tight. And there is no holding back. There is no sense of, you know, privacy there. Everything's just out there for everyone to see. Um, but what's lovely about that is I feel like it cultivates a culture of it, uh, everyone just has to, like, check their egos at the door because we all look like fools. Yeah. And the stuff we do in there, in order to make it look, uh, I guess, sometimes real for the game or the animators, we look strange when we're just doing weird stuff. So it really is nice to just kind of check all insecurities. You can't think about that because if you think about that, then you're not fully immersed in the reality of the world that you're building in your head. And it shows, it will read. So you have to really fully commit, which is a nice experience and a challenge. So Resident Evil 8, not even really that old a game, only came out like a, a couple of years ago. But I'd say Lady D, very easily one of the most recognizable and prominent female figures now in gaming, which must be fantastic. How, how does that feel for you to be attached to that? Amazing, wonderful, a surprise every day still. I'm like, I cannot believe that that happened, especially because I was fresh off the boat, mm -hmm. so to speak, and uh, new to LA, new to all of this. I knew when I booked the game, well, I didn't know when I booked the game because I didn't know what game I had booked, but I knew once I figured out what game I had booked that the game itself would be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think that I would be a big deal. 
I was happy to involve, be involved in a project and in, in a franchise with a company that was operating at such a high caliber of creative work and professional professionalism. That's the word. Um, but I never expected anything directly to happen to me, I guess. Um, and maybe that's part of why it was successful is that I couldn't go into it with any expectations on the outcome. I could only go into it focusing. My only thought day to day was don't, can I curse? Yes. Go for it. Don't <laughs> up. Don't <laughs> this up. So it was only just about me thinking about how can I do my best work? How can I really invest in this character and make her multidimensional and fully fleshed out and just the doing the best work that I can possibly do as an actor? And I think because everything was so brand new, I could not take my eye off the ball. I was so focused in the room and in the sessions, just focusing on the what was directly in front of me that I wasn't even thinking about how any of this would turn out. So it was a big shock. And also, when she started to go viral in, I guess, January of 2021, mm. I was still under NDA. So I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah, <laughs> so she was like blowing so up. Hard, yeah, yeah. I would, so it was nice to fall back on my Resident Evil community and like freak out with them. But I was literally just like ah, freaking out and <laughs> and all of my friends. I have a lot of friends that are gamers, and so they would be in our text threads like, "Oh my god, Lady Dimitres, yeah, she's so hot." And then and then one of them literally texted me afterwards. He was like. I have been simping over Lady D for months and now I found out it's you and it's so awkward. <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah. she's iconic. And that sort of leads very nicely into my next question. So why are sort of strong, powerful female characters like Lady D really important for empowering women in video games? Well, it's all representation. It's really powerful to see someone that you can directly relate to on your screen and who shows you a new path forward, who shows you that it's okay to be exactly who you are. That's a lot of the feedback that I've gotten about Lady D and what is so meaningful about the success that this character has had. And, and also I think when you're an actor, or at least I as an actor, I always thought a lot about how the roles that I played could potentially impact people and have an effect on people or the projects that I was in could have that effect but I never thought about how I the person as a part of this character could have an effect and that's been an interesting new phenomenon for me is as Lady D has risen into success what uh, <laughs> as she's become more notorious that's uh, brains um, then as a result, I personally am able to have an impact on people and have an impact on communities that I care about. And representation matters. And what I think is so cool about Lady D is that the huge wave of success that she has had, the huge volume of interest that people across the board have had in her shows that we as audiences are hungry for new narratives and new stories and new characters. We want to see different things on our screens. And she is not the end-all be-all of what representation and diversity needs to look like in media, but she's an exciting first step and showcases just how hungry we are and just how big of a market there is for these things. So for producers and companies who are thinking about, I think a lot of the times the excuse that has been used has been about money. Mm. Clearly not. She's a success. The game sold, I think, over six million copies now. That's not an excuse anymore. <laughs> and it's really powerful to see how much 
she can affect people. I hear stories all the time about how she's changed people's lives. And that's something I never, ever expected and is really wonderful. And I don't ever want to take it for granted. It doesn't come around every, every so often. What? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so to bring it back to the very beginning then, uh, and we spoke about how you got started in, in voice acting and things. Obviously not a very... Um, like you say, it's not really a path that anyone else could follow, not really something anyone else could emulate. But if you were to give advice to someone getting started, what would be like your first, like number one bit of advice for people? Hmm. I get asked this a lot. I feel like my question changes all the time, depending on what state I'm in in my career. <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh, I think for me, training has always been my foundation. And specifically with voice acting, a lot of times I think people will come up to me and say, oh, you're a voice actor, not an actor. And I'm like, no, 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 bruh. It's one and the same. Mm. You cannot separate them. If I'm not fully invested in believing in what I'm doing in front of the microphone or in the volume, then nobody will believe it. And so I think it always is going to come back to acting. Acting is acting is acting. Invest in your training invest in making yourself the best actor that you can be. And then also, I think what happened in my case is also embrace your uniqueness and don't try to be anyone other than you. Because in fact, what was cool about Lady D for me is that my height, I'm six feet tall, right? uh, which often in the past has been the thing that has excluded me from roles. It has been the thing that has not gotten me cast in something now all of a sudden has become the thing that opened this incredible door for me. It opened this opportunity. They were looking for someone tall. Yes, that was me. But also, I was so incredibly prepared that I was able to take advantage of this stroke of luck that fell into my lap and make it into this massive opportunity of success and build a career out of it. So you have to have all of those pieces. What is it? Luck happens when success meets opportunity, like preparation meets opportunity. That's what it is. Here we go. We've got there. That's what happened. So invest in your uniqueness, figure out what makes you, you, what you do best and become the master of it. And then also recognize that it is really hard. And I shouldn't, I don't have to tell people that because everyone tells you that when you say you want to be an actor, when you say you want to pursue any career in the arts is the first thing is they tell you it's impossible and it is really hard. There's no denying that. So you are going to have to slog and you are going to have to make sacrifices and it is a marathon, not a sprint. And even when, I think the biggest myth is that even when you have reached a pinnacle of success, I think all of us look at it and be like, oh, if I just book this one thing, then I'll be set. Mm. That's a myth because the goalpost is always shifting. And every time you level up, then guess what? Now you have to master a new set of leveled up challenges in order to get to level two. It's just like video games. Life is a video game. Um, So that's a myth. So you have to learn how to devise ways of finding satisfaction internally instead of externally because you're never going to reach it. It's always shifting. It's always just out of reach. So doing that internal work and finding value for yourself and ways of defining yourself that are outside of just what you do. That was a trap that I fell in that I feel like right now my self-work is about correcting that. 
where I sacrificed so much. You know, I never hung out with friends. I never went out. I always, I was just like a hermit focused on this one thing. And now that I've reached a level of success, I got there and I was like, holy shit. Uh, but what else am I now? The rest of my life feels empty because I've gotten the thing I wanted, but what else is there? Life is about more than just what you do. And now I'm working on developing myself outside of just this one thing and finding hobbies. When you have a thing that you love, that you turn into your career, it still is a thing that you love, but you have a different relationship to it. Just yeah, on absolutely. the fact yeah. that you rely on it to make money and to pay your bills and put a roof over your head. So now I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that for fun anymore. It's just different. So now I'm like, I got to find hobbies for me that are creative and spark joy. Why am I Marie Kondoing everything? Uh, whatever. Uh, that spark joy and uh, develop that part of myself. So it's all just about being a well-rounded person. And also don't feel like you have to be a starving artist. Go out there and get a job that pays you money so that you can invest in your career. Acting is expensive. Studios back in the day, they used to be the ones to sponsor actors and pay for your coaching and your training and your this and your reels and your materials all up the wazoo. Now actors have to fund that for themselves. Mm. It's fucking expensive. Do not put yourself in a debt hole. Don't let yourself get there. And then guess what? You'll have the money to then make the projects that you want to make. So I think that was a hole I also put myself into where I felt like I had to because auditions could come at any minute and I had to be so flexible to be able to take them at any minute that I was I was forcing myself to take jobs that were, you know, like menial, transient labor here and there, picking up jobs as I could. But as a result, it meant that I was working five jobs at a time and I was exhausted. And then when I wasn't working, I was too exhausted to do things creatively for myself. Yeah. And then when I did have an audition come in, I also wasn't that flexible because now I had five bosses to negotiate with to get time off instead of just one. And so, yeah, those are my thoughts. That was also a really long answer to your question, but those are my thoughts. That's really good. I, I, it kind of makes me think back of when, when I was first starting with, with this job, I did almost kind of the exact same thing. It's like, you have a steady job. I was working in an IT technician thing in a school, but on the side, this is what I was doing in the meantime. And it absolutely works out. So yeah, I think yeah. having that steady income to get you set, to be able to invest in what you actually want to be doing, I think is really underestimated advice that Debt you can give. Debt is hard. Debt is soul crushing. Mm. And I'm very grateful that I am now out of it and don't have that hanging over my shoulder. It's very hard to lift yourself up out of that and then to be able to have, build a career. And I was able, I was lucky enough to be able to leave grad school not in debt. And I honestly don't know how I would have fared if I was in a different situation when I had moved to LA. It was really hard. Yeah. yeah. So we're now going yes. to swiftly move on okay. to the lovely Drawing competition. Okay, good. So, we have under the table Ooh. some whiteboards. So, if you could so pass that one. So there yes. you are. Thank you. So, it's going to be a best of three. Saul is going to blind judge, obviously, because that would be... Um, <laughs> that would be a bit unfair, because this is four points on our leaderboard. It is. Um, okay. so, so, stakes are high. Yes. Are we behind at the minute as well? We are one point behind. Versus hosts. We're not doing well. So <laughs> we will see. So first category is 
Do you remember the categories? It's Mario. So Mario is the character to draw. Oh my god. <laughs> we, we hope that that was a simple one. We'll see how it ends up. It's going. simple. <laughs> okay. I will start the timer in three. Wait. I, oh, fine. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> three, two, one. One minute. Off it's a me, a Mario. Ooh. Oh boy. This is already unfortunate. Yeah, thinking about it, Mario, maybe not. I don't know. Like, I think Mario's, you like, there's parts of his face that are quite, like, you, like iconic to think about. You think, like, the moustache, like, the yeah. big nose and the hat and things. But then when it comes to translating that into drawing, if you can't draw very, very well like me, it probably wouldn't come out completely ridiculous. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see what we've got going on here in a second. I'm glad you said the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking about there what he looks oh, like. Mario, mm. what else is Just out of curiosity. 20 seconds remaining. Oh, my God. Terrible. Wow, he is like a balloon for some reason. Mm -hmm. Not really got overalls. Da -da 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 -da. Five, four, three, two, one. Right. Pens down. Keep okay. Your hat on. So I'll keep the hat on. Oh, where's the timer? Okay. Yeah. Shuffle them up in a way right. that I'm not going to. We will pop them in the middle of the no. table. Okay. Oh, I love that. <laughs> We've, we've shuffled them. Okay. So eyes open. Oh, these are fantastic. <laughs> okay, we'll flip them around so the camera can see. So there we go. There's one lovely drawing there. Okay, and if I can grab hold of it, there's the second one. So both very good. Both mustaches, excellent mustaches on them both. Really <laughs> like that. Uh, I like that we've got a wahoo on one of them as well. I like we've got quotes, Mario's hat. We've got the overalls. Both very good. Oh, but which do I choose now? This is the question. What am I judging on? Um, I think... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think one thing and I think, oh, but the other, the other one's kind of doing that as well. Um, I am not sure. Okay, so we'll, we'll go on accuracy in a little way. I'm not sure that the, he has an M on his overalls. And so I'm going to say this one wins. Yeah. I also wasn't sure if he had an M on his overalls. Oh, is that yours? <laughs> That's mine. Oh, okay, right. Well, right. Bryony, round one his then. His hat also to... turned into like a weird chef's hat. I like it, yeah. yeah. Hat. Nice. <laughs> right, I'll push oh, that back. Thank you. you. So, there's the rubber on the end of that. I was so extra. I used up the entire board. It I like it, very though, yeah. nicely. It We're just like in a nice face. corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, round two then. It's Lady Day. It is Lady Day. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Okay. So, I'll give you both a minute again. Okay. In three, two, one, begin. So again, this should be interesting because I'm thinking like outside of like the hat and like the clothes, how like what else would I? Because it'd literally just be a stick person if it was me. So that'd be all there is to it. So I'm interested to see which which way we both go then in this direction. Oh dear. Wow. 30 seconds left. I put so much effort into everything in the <laughs> I've learned that I will never be a surgeon. I do not have steady hands. Oh, oh my God, I forgot the most important part. Oh, well, you've got 10 seconds to do it. What time to spare? Five, four, three, two, 
One pens down. Right, I'll keep it covered. <laughs> there goes the timer noise. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm it's like... <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. This is interesting. So we've got we've got a full body version. Very lovely, just there, and a very detailed, uh, just the head, but still very very detailed indeed. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that smiley face is so good. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, for this one, I'm going to go based on detail then. I think this one probably wins just based on the, the, the sheer amount of detail that's going to this one. So I'm going to say this one wins. Okay, well, we're one I had to win that one. Yes, Come on. That makes perfect I sense love her though. So I good. put so much effort into the, like, the dress and I was like, I forgot how to draw a face. <laughs> and she's bald, which yes. I love. Yeah. Um, and I, the thing that I forgot was the claws. So I those oh, like oh I should have yeah. done... A nice little, oh well, it's too late. Okay. The tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, right, it came to this then. Okay, I'll let you unlock your phone again, Bryony. It keeps locking, I do apologize. So the tiebreaker, to make it fair, you're not gonna both be drawing the same thing. Oh. It's gonna be a Pokemon of your choice. So. Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Again, you've got a minute to go. In three, two, one, go. So, plenty of Pokemon to choose from. This should be very easy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Says. Sure, very easy. Did we, last year, we did Pokemon last year, didn't we, Brian? Did we get people to draw a particular Pokemon? Or was it just, oh, no, it was just a video game character of your choice, wasn't it? I think yeah. last year when we did it. When we asked oh, boy. A lot of Pokemon did oh, come through. Boy. This is taking a turn. 30 seconds left. Oh, oh, I'm well dear. impressed with this. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh-oh. Does that spell doom for the other end of the table? We should it see. Might. I just, I'm not, I don't carry things in my head. <laughs> I need an image in front of me. Okay. Seven, six, oh, no. five, four, three, two, one. Pens down for the this final time. Horrific. In this drawing competition on the British Esports Esports podcast, we have you don't two, have I'm sure, very wonderful drawings. Sorry. Right. Okay. I will have a look. Oh, okay. Brilliant. So we have gone for two <laughs> different Pokemon. We've got a, a lovely Pikachu. Uh, and this is what, <laughs> what I assume is a, a Squirtle or something. Um, it's very good though. Uh, okay, that the Pikachu is a bit scary. I have to say, <laughs> the the eyes, something about the eyes in that one, that do terrify me. Um, I think Squirtle's scary, but in a different way. Yeah, in a yeah. slightly different way. <laughs> it's <laughs> a the, little like psycho more, yeah, killer. He yeah, might have if just I saw lost that a few in a dark marbles. alley. I'm, I'm not sure what I'd do. Yeah. Oh, this is really difficult. This is really difficult. I th uh, I think the the Pikachu. Maybe is is more accurate to Pokemon. The squirrel's really good though. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think 
the Pikachu has to win. It was the only yes. winner. Yeah. Let's be real. Squirtle <laughs> looks like hand. the stuff out of a weird nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> a Salvador Dali <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> version <laughs> nightmare. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you very much for participating. Thank you. No, thank you. Oh, this is my... Oh, yes, perfect. Robot. Thank you very much. There you thank go. Thank you. I will keep those up. Right. And then to finish things off with the, the final part of the podcast, what we normally do is when we get guests on, uh, we submit uh, questions or we, we ask people to submit questions in from social media, wow. uh, which we have a couple of. Yes. Um, so. I will reel off a few of them. Yes, They're very random and very strange. Good. I, that's the sports that's the community. Like yeah. <laughs> um, so first one, what is your favorite food? I was about to say lion um, <laughs> because he's right here. Uh, my favorite food, French fries. Awesome. Chips. Great choice. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, chips, burgers, like yeah. that is yeah. all yeah. I'm about all that. Yeah, absolutely. Question number two. Uh, do you play Uno? <laughs> yes, I do. No. And I know where you're going with this. How do you play Uno? Because this is I this I feel like differs with a lot of people yeah. I ask because a lot of people it's the, the the four the four pick up four is always a contentious angle. Can you stack the yes. pick up four or can you not? I tell you what, I've played it both ways. Which, which is better, do you think? With the way that is better is the way that whoever has brought out the game of Uno tells me to play. <laughs> <laughs> it is usually so long since I played Uno that every time I'm like, oh, okay. I think stacking mentally for me makes my brain melt. So I guess that's a no for me. Okay, fair enough. Make it easy. I need to dumb it down. Yeah, that's if fair. If you're making it too complicated, I'm right out. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that most because I feel like I, when we play with friends or family, I feel like I really get the brunt of these pick up four cards. So I'm very much against stacking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> for a personal like a reason. Yeah. Do you do sandwiches? Um, yes. Yeah, we do sometimes. Yeah, and I'm not a fan. Yeah. Just everyone, keep it simple. Yeah. Why do we got to... Chill out, everyone. Okay. Everyone, calm down. That's the moral of this podcast. Chill oh out on you now. Okay, yeah. I am the person who will stack... You oh, would. It's awful. Yeah, I knew <laughs> it when I first looked at you and I first laid eyes on you. I knew you were a stacker. So, very important question. Yeah. Which of the Dimitrescu daughters is your favorite? You cannot ask a mother to favoritize her children. Um, Cassandra. Obviously. <laughs> but if I had to choose Cassandra. Um, if you could choose any character to do voice acting for either existing or something not yet released, do you have a choice? Galadriel. Oh, why? That's quick. Um, because I'm an elf. And I love Lord of the Rings. That makes perfect and sense. And Kate Blanchett. So it's really a perfect cocktail for me. Oh, perfect. And I'm tall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you have it. And our final question for you. Yeah. What was the best line to record for Lady D? Oh my gosh. Um, there's someone in the hall. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Uh, right. I, I love how he's getting a video of me just like kind stroking of evilly stroking yeah. his <laughs> tail fluff. Um, what was the question? What was the best line to record for Lady D? Okay, cool. Yes. I've got it. And I don't remember it, but I know the gist. And the gist was this. Something about um, so my wings, I'm as beautiful as Mother Miranda or something like that. And I just, the reason why it was my favorite to record is because whatever I did 
was absolutely so insane that when we were in the booth recording, um, our producer and our director were in the other room in behind the glass. Mm. And I did that and there was a long silence and I kind of turned back insecurely and was like, oh my God, did I do good? And they were just like <laughs> laughing and shaking their heads. And then finally they come on the mic and they were, and their director was like, Maggie, I think you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I think I am too. So that was probably my favorite one to record because I just went batshit. <laughs> nice. Well, it wouldn't be a British esports esports show podcast without us finishing with a this or that. So normally we come prepared with either this or that, and we go amongst ourselves and kind Flash of think, round. yes, and think what what would we choose? Um, and we totally forgot to be honest to prepare one for this one, but we thought of something very <laughs> oh, quickly yes. uh, before we came on. Um, as an American, uh, as someone who's tried potentially British snacks and American snacks, one versus the other, do you have okay. a winner? Oh, out of all the snacks what, from what? all these in, from each so country, American snacks versus British snacks, which is best? Oh wow, this is tough because the dark chocolate digestive is just oh. you know. But at the same time, Cheetos, Doritos, potato chips, mm -hmm. uh, Goldfish, Cheez Its. Come on, the catalog is just so vast in America. We are the kings of junk food. So I'm gonna have to go America. Okay. Now, this, I, I, I can't say I've, I've tried many American snacks, but I, I'm obviously gonna say British <laughs> snacks because I've had them mostly, yeah. of course. Out of, of course. All. Um, but we do have some good stuff. I mean, digestive is like Jaffa cakes as well. Yeah. Jaffa cakes, so I could eat literally like piles of Jaffa cakes like all day. It's really <laughs> bad that I can do that, but. Yeah, I think British snacks is where I'm leaving. Yeah, me too. I think I've had a handful of more like American candy sort of things, like Jolly Ranchers, that sort of stuff. But for me, I absolutely adore crisps. So yeah. like, crink you'll know them, crinklies. Mm -hmm. Cheese and onion crinklies, like I don't think anything any from anywhere would ever be. those. I don't know crisps. if I've had those, so maybe I'll have to try. And like, have you had cheddars, the little cheesy biscuits? No. Oh, it's basically them. I haven't lived. <laughs> no, you okay. haven't lived. <laughs> but yeah, I think next time I'm going <clears> to <throat> submit my um, suggestion to the suggestion box. Perfect. Next time, if you're going to have me play this and that between snacks, you have to have me. Yeah, have snacks. Snacks. We, we should have bought snacks. snacks. This That's is not an accurate uh, data pool. That's true. Okay, next I haven't time. tried next cheesy time. bits. Next time, no. we have to bring snacks. But I have tried cheese curds. <laughs> Cheese curds. I don't think I've ever tried oh. cheese curds. What's that? What are they like? They're an experience. <laughs> <laughs> you either love them or you hate them. Yeah. yeah. And I like all things cheese, so I like them. But see, I don't mind cheese stuff, but like, qua I can't eat quavers. Have you ever tried oh, I love quavers, quavers before? No. I literally I had a bag quavers. earlier. <laughs> I'd like for some reason, like, yeah, quavers. Like, it's, it's too. I don't know if it's like too cheesy for me. I don't know. But generally, cheese. Hmm. Perfection. Yeah. Is what they are. Fair enough. Well, that brings us to the end <laughs> of the British Esports podcast. Maggie, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And a really insightful, I think, conversation about all things voice acting and acting in general that I, I hope everyone at home really can appreciate and take home. It's been really, really nice to have you here in person and speak to you. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm always pleasantly surprised when the words that come out of my mouth are coherent. So yes. <laughs> it's good to hear. <laughs> <Thanks>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hopefully there's something of value. 
Uh, is there anything you'd like to shout out? Anything you're doing currently that you'd like people to know about at home? <sighs> and then these people also yeah, yeah. <laughs> these guys are great. <laughs> um, shouting out, I guess, I don't know, you can like follow me on social media at Maggie the Bard on like Instagram and like Twitter and like YouTube and stuff. Um, I don't know if I have anything that I can necessarily shout out, but I guess just like stay tuned and... Uh, Maybe you'll get some announcements down the road. Oh, very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again. Thank you everyone for watching at home. If you did enjoy this, there's plenty more British eSports content coming your way from Insomnia. So don't forget to check all that out. If you enjoy British eSports in general and you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Bye.